People can't get enough of the Stouting Off podcast. Tune in each week as Drew Stoutenberg and his producer, Jordan McMillian, spout off commentary on the everyday. The Stouting Off podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. E2i Design is a full solutions provider for all things audio, video, lighting, and broadcast. Whether it be design, installation, or simply offering gear for a great price, E2i Design supports you by providing the right tools for the job. Look them up on Facebook or Instagram at E2i Design or visit their website, E2iDesign.com. Episode 128 of the Motor City HDJ podcast entitled, What It Takes to Volunteer. And finally, 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 after a month, I was finally able to sit down with my friends Susan and Debbie of the Michigan chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. They are just regular, normal, run-of-the-mill people like you and me. They have day jobs. They have other things in their life. But they also have a passion for volunteering their time and energy to raise money and to support the Alzheimer's Association and the cause for eventually finding a cure for Alzheimer's and other dementias. So you're going to hear that conversation here in just a moment. I'm so thrilled I finally got to do that. Of course, don't forget about the sponsor, E2i Design. You can find them on the socials at E2i Design or on their website, E2iDesign.com. I'm so thrilled to talk to Susan and Debbie. That conversation starts right now. Well, truly, uh, I will say it again. Thank you for joining me, for allowing me to chat with you about what you're doing with the Alzheimer's Association. I'm so thrilled because it has been a while. It's been a minute since it, it feels like uh, with COVID, just everything came to a halt. And especially with the Alzheimer's Association and the need to actually be present with people, it's, it's tough to do these things without people present right um and we'll talk more about yeah we'll definitely talk about the importance of the walk i know in my conversation with nicole we talked a lot about that so i just want to i want to tell everybody that's listening to this all about you and debbie i want to start with you uh tell us about your role your primary role and what that's been on the brighton walk committee sure um so for the past couple of years um actually couple of years. I've been on the committee about six years now, but the last couple of years I was the chair of the of the walk. Um, so leading the walk, um, working side by side with um, Nicole, the walk manager from the Alzheimer's Association, working with her to lead the committee, um, just bringing organization to the group, helping with the agendas, um, helping uh, select community events to participate in, um, and, and just Overall, just helping lead the volunteers with with Nicole. Wonderful, and I know just in, in the little bit of research I did on you ladies, <laughs> I try and do some. Uh, just the research that I did, Deb. I know uh, your journey, as far as why you're uh, involved with the Alzheimer's Association in the first place. Um, this has been now. You, you mentioned a six-year window there, but you found the Alzheimer's Association. I guess, how did you end up here? How did you end up at this point? Um, So my father was diagnosed with dementia and Parkinson's disease, Mm. and I was Mm. just doing a simple Google search to learn, to educate myself. And I fell upon the Alzheimer's Association. 
they had so much information on that site. I just started reading and reading and reading. And there's this button that says volunteer. So I selected it. Um, within 24 hours, I had a personal one-on-one phone call with um, Maggie Gibbons, who used to lead our walk here in Brighton. She called me personally to talk about um, how my family was impacted, how I wanted to volunteer. And it just embraced me um, with all of my questions. And that's really how I fell in love with with volunteering on the committee. Yeah. And I've noticed that too. I haven't really had, I, I know we are acquaintances. I just do feel though in my limited time being involved with the Alzheimer's Association, specifically with Brighton Walk, um, I've had opportunities with oh, various groups, right? With Washtenaw, with Lansing. Um, but I could, I can definitely tell in the limited involvement we've had together, I can definitely tell both of you uh, have a passion for wanting to be involved and volunteering. And that's why we're talking today. I'm just so thrilled to know that there are people who are passionate about helping other people who can't truly help themselves because of something that they can't help. Right. And so we're trying to find an answer and, and, uh, and how to deal with this. Um, and, and I know you said Maggie and I, having worked with Maggie before she, she just called you out of the blue. She, she actually personally directly called you. Tell me about so, that phone call. So yeah, you, when you, when you go on to ALZ.org, there's that volunteer button, which I mentioned, you fill in your personal information, yeah. your phone number. And right. again, a personal phone call, which I, I don't know that other nonprofits do that. So that really was the hook right. for me is, is that I right. immediately um, was interested um, and felt that they were interested in me as a volunteer. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Susan, what about you? Tell me about you. How, how did you get here? How did you end up where you are right now volunteering? Oh, gosh. Well, in 2007, my dad was um, diagnosed with a disorder that causes dementia. Um, and it's actually found in a lot of Alzheimer's patients. So from 2007 until 2015, when he passed, uh, we watched him decline. Um, his mind, his his body was okay. His mind declined. And it was just such a horrible thing to to witness and be a part of. Um, and then after he passed, I just, I felt like, kind of helpless. Like, what can I do? I need to do something. I had really no idea what to do. Um, it was a couple of years um, that actually it was four years later that just on Facebook, it popped up on Facebook with the, the Brighton Walk. And I thought, oh, that sounds like something that would be something I could do in honor of my dad. Sure. Um, so I looked into it. Um, I hadn't planned on volunteering at all. I was just going to try the, try out the walk. So the first year I, I did the walk and I was just so inspired by everybody and their stories and the just being together and knowing that you're not alone in this, right. um, that I just wanted to be more a part of that. So I, I went to Nicole and I said, you know, I, I would like to, to volunteer in some capacity. I'd had no idea what I, what I wanted to do, but sure. um, I'm here yeah. for you, whatever you need. So yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's kind of how that happened. Um, and that was 2019 that, yeah. that I did that. And that's wonderful. I, and for those that don't know, I know I've tried to do as much as I can just in, in as far as my journey getting to where we are. Um, I believe it was the same situation, except from, from my standpoint as a, as a business, this being just something that I do to entertain, of course, I have had relationships with nonprofits in the past. 
have done work with oh, um, uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, uh, Easter Seals, uh, you know, other organizations. And I know that my wife, I believe Maggie, uh, to, to your point, Deb, I believe Maggie actually was reaching out on a Facebook page. And my wonderful wife, who uh, she's always got her feelers out there. <laughs> Someone needs a DJ. Hurry, call these people, you know. And I know Maggie had reached out on some sort of group there. And the rest is history. So I'm thrilled to be here with you um, in, in volunteering in this capacity. I know um, uh, the walk as the experience, and I'm so thrilled to say that I get to do walk again this year, finally cleared it up. Nicole came to me right away, said, listen, clear it off your schedule. I said, fine, COVID or not, I'm going to be there. And so I'm looking forward to walk again this year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thrilled. Downtown (laughs) Brighton, we're going to light it up and uh, we're going to do our thing. So Deb, what was your walk first, your first walk experience like? What was that first walk like for you? First walk experience. Well, they're always emotional. Um, So I was a new volunteer that year. So it was my first time walking and volunteering at the same time. Um, So really just, again, tons of emotion. I was not prepared for that. Um, you know, the ceremony itself and just bringing folks together, as Susan's described within the community, you've got folks within wheelchairs, all kinds of families, and it's just an extremely um, uh, powerful experience in terms of emotion and feeling yeah. of support across the community. Right, right. What about you? Susan, let's go back to you. Talk about your very first walk experience, what that was like. My first walk um, is actually the first time I've ever done any type of walk like that. So I really had no idea what to expect. Sure. Um, I, I brought together a team. We all went downtown Brighton and and I was just so happy and so excited and, and uh, you know, just ready to tell my story to anybody that would listen. And um at, at the point where we all stop and we're listening to the, the people talking and on the stage right, right. and then they, they announced they're going to do the promise flower ceremony. Right. That for me was just so inspiring and so emotional to see those flowers, everyone hold up their flower, um, the different colored flowers. And then you look around and see how many people are affected in different ways by this disease. Right. And it, I looked at my brother and he looked at me and both of us just teared up and, and mm. it was just really amazing. So that for me was the, the most yeah. wonderful. I, I know experience. in the first, the first time, uh, the first event for me, at least in, in this was the, um, it was not a walk. Actually, it was the, I believe it's like the night to remember kind of the ramp up, right. That yeah, first registration to, remember. Um, to, to the outreach. Right. Yeah. So I know, from that point for me it has been that white flower that gets me every single time i man and i try and have i try and keep it together for everybody right because obviously i have <laughs> i uh, i have this um job to do and um making sure that things are ushered but i'm still human but it's that white flower every single time and and not to say that the other colors aren't important but there's just something about the hope of that for me that just sets it all in motion to say we there's got to be something and it's that white flower that that one hopefully one day 
can't even right now. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, very powerful. Very, very powerful. Um, I still have that picture of the first time I was able to do the Brighton walk and to see that sea of, uh, of flowers spinning in the breeze and you're just, it's, it's tough stuff. It's tough (laughs) stuff. It, It is because everyone's story. What's very interesting about this is that everyone's story is different. However, everyone's story connects somehow and be it that you are a caregiver for someone or you have it or you know someone that has it or, you know, someone that's died of it, you know, Um, man, oh, man, it's it's unbelievable. And with what you do. So, Susan, since we were just talking to you, Susan, with your role through the association, we know that you are a mission chair. Tell me what a mission chair officially does. Uh, well, I would say that um, I, along with Deb, um, you know, we, we do the mission. I'm kind of the, the go-to person for Nicole from the Alzheimer's Association to kind of go to um, to spearhead things, to um, have us do different things. And, and like Deb said in the, in the beginning, we, we're not just relegated to one task. Right. We do all kinds of different Absolutely. things. So it, Absolutely. it might be delivering gifts to champions to their homes. It might be uh, putting ribbons at, at along Main Street. You know, there's, sure. there's a, a lot of different small things, small tasks that, that you know, we're asked to do um, at times. And yeah. I know with the mission, um, we also are part of like um, ramping up our, our champions. Our champions yeah. are our big fundraisers. Yeah. So we want to celebrate our, our champions and that's part of what sure. we do also. So I'm excited now that, yeah. that the restrictions are lifting, that we're going to be able to, to get out there and, and do that um, to be able to celebrate with our champions. Deb, tell me about that. I mean, last year was tough for walk. We had to do things virtually and uh, being involved with that. That was a very creative outlet and way to do that. People still able to be involved, able to fundraise and still, uh, have a virtual walk. In fact, uh, I believe I may have seen someone down there, one of you, as we did the virtual walk, walking from my house to downtown Brighton and back three miles worth every single foot of it. Uh, but tell me, I mean, how, the difference between an actual walk in person versus a virtual walk, what was that like for you? Sure. So last year we had we had two, um, we'll call them promise gardens. So we had a set up at the courthouse in downtown Howell yeah. and then at the high school in Brighton right. where you could drive through, see sponsor signs, see all the, the flowers and set up. So so for volunteers, our, our work for the walk was setting that up the morning of, and then you had the day to yourself mm-hmm. to go walk with who and when and however you wanted so for for Absolutely. me personally, I actually enjoyed it because um, my dad isn't able to make it to the walk. It's just too much for him. His anxiety sure. would be through the roof. So I was able to go to my parents and and 
walk a little bit as much as he could with them. And I haven't been able to do that. So it, it is as terrible as 2020 was. I, last year's walk was, I think, a huge success. And I think a, I saw in the photos, a lot of families were able to do that, you know, walk with a group at one location and then go somewhere else and walk with someone else. So um, it, I, I think it was a success based on what we, we raised in funds as well. So um, great experience last year. Yeah. 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 Different. Mm-hmm. You know, we all had to get creative about things. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yes. yeah, it was very, uh, my creative juices were definitely, uh, juiced last year for sure. <laughs> and trying to think about how to do things, uh, without doing them in person and all that. Um, as, and, and while I have you here talking about some things, I know just in uh, some conversational stuff, Finding out, I know you've had a, a couple different positions with the Brighton Walk, at least. I know you were a co-chair or the walk co-chair in 2019 and 2020. So talk more about that. What does a walk co-chair do? I know everybody kind of does everything, but sure. uh, if we were to ask you, what does a walk co-chair do? Deb, yeah. what does a walk co-chair do? So it's do? a little bit kind of going back to what I described at the beginning a little bit. You're you're helping lead the volunteers. You work hand in hand with the walk manager to, to organize, um, the, the planning committee meetings, um, deciding right. who, uh, your list of sponsors to go to. Um, so a non Alzheimer association employee that helps lead the walk is really the, the gist of that, that title and role. So, yeah, let me be very, very clear. Both of you are volunteers. You are not employed by the Alzheimer's association. Is that right? Correct. Correct. So you're just volunteering your time, the time, extra time you have to do this. And I think that's fantastic. I think more people need to do that. And I think it speaks to, um, I think it speaks to your hearts. And I really, really, truly uh, appreciate that about you guys, that uh, all of you volunteers, specifically all of you volunteers, and we're spotlighting a couple wonderful volunteers, and that's why you're here. All of them are wonderful, are wonderful, but we wanted to talk to you two. Awesome. Absolutely. Yes, and I'm, I'm glad that, um, yeah, uh, that we get to have this conversation together. So, yes, they're volunteers. All of you are volunteers, not getting paid a single cent to do this, and that's amazing. Um, especially when I hear things that we have state champs in the room for the Alzheimer's Association working with uh, the Michigan legislatures on on policies and funding. Deb, I'm talking to you. What does that feel like? Um, I got involved in advocacy um, a few years into volunteering. So it's sort of a second role. So it's a non-fundraising yeah. role. It is, as you described, working um, on policy. So whether it's going to the state capitol building once a year um, or doing, we've been doing a lot of virtual phone calls with our representatives, um, issuing tweets, asking for approval on uh, funding or policies. Um, this was an area I never in a million years would have expected myself to be interested in. Not that I'm not interested in politics, but you know, it's been a an interesting political climate. Yeah, it was a weird year for politics. <laughs> yes. I think we can say. Yes. <laughs> but we say that Alzheimer's is not a red or blue issue. It's a purple issue. So it's nonpartisan activity. Um, so regardless of your political affiliation, you're not assigned to someone of that same party. So if you're a Democrat, you're not necessarily assigned to a Democratic party. Um, but it, it allowed me to have a voice 
for my parents. My mom was a caregiver, my dad as um, an afflicted person. So um, I've truly enjoyed it. Again, not something I ever would have thought I would be interested in doing. Um, but the Alzheimer's Association provides a lot of structure around that, guiding you, educating you, doing, uh, we've done virtual seminars and training on what type of policies to ask for and how to position it. Um, it it's, it's been a really, uh, really cool opportunity. That's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged when I see, and again, it's completely nonpartisan. However, I will say that I'm encouraged even at the top uh, in Washington, when I see Senator Stabenow taking that issue straight to her constituents, um, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. I'm always encouraged by walks. I, I mentioned to you earlier, I've, I've finally was able to do Brighton Walk. Uh, I've done Lansing's Walk a couple times. Don't tell Nicole. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but I am always encouraged by by the walk and to see the the dynamic is from the youngest person to the oldest person. It's all over the map, yeah. which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Ladies, tell us about one of your favorite walk memories in all of the walks that you've done so far. It doesn't matter who just jump in. What's your favorite walk memory? At least one of your favorite walk memories so far. Well, I know one of them was um, we were on, on the actual walk, which is about a two mile walk um, yeah. around. We went around the mill pond. This was two years ago, which was my first walk. And at the time we did a um, there was a fundraiser where you could you could earn a, a sign uh, along the route with your loved one's picture on it. Sure. And I remember walking with my group and my family and and we come around the corner and there's my dad's picture. And I was just like beaming and, and I ran over to it and I'm yelling at everyone, this is my dad, this is my dad. And, you know, it was just, it was so wonderful to be able to, to share that this is why, this is why I'm doing this. You know, mm -hmm. here's my dad. This is mm -hmm. the reason. And, you know, my brother was mm -hmm. there and, you know, we were taking pictures and yeah. it was just something just wonderful um, about, yeah. about that. And I mean, he's the whole reason why I do this. I mean, my, sure. my aunt is also, um, she passed away last year, but she was also uh, diagnosed with a dementia disorder. Um, that's my dad's sister. So we're, we're kind of afraid this might run in the family. Um, so that's, you know, another reason why we all get together and, and do this is, you know, hope, <laughs> hope yeah. that there's a better future with this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Debbie, what's your what sticks out to you most as one of your favorite walk memories? So it was 2019. So our last real walk, <laughs> um, my <Yeah. laughs> my mom was selected um, to hold the yellow flower, which is the caregiver flower um, in the flower ceremony. So that's the ceremony during the walk event where we acknowledge don't ask me the colors of each flower. Cause I'll probably get up with yellow. To care. <laughs> I almost wanted to, but then I saw the fear in your eyes. Like he's going to ask I'm me. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she represented uh, for caregivers. So she represented the caregiver flower. Sure. Um, sure. you know, we were both sobbing. It was a really cool, um, cool moment for her as a caregiver, um, just to acknowledge all that she's through. Cause I think, um, you know, obviously it's harder for caregivers sometimes than it is the patients. So, um, that's my yeah. favorite memory. 
it's almost like you walked me right into my next question, which is, and since I'm talking, since you're talking to us, I'll ask you, and and then uh, Susan will bop back over to you. Deb, tell me what you think we can do to support caregivers and other loved ones living with someone that is dealing with Alzheimer's or other dementias. I think uh, the biggest one is is listen. Um, and I'm guilty of this, listen without feeling you, that you are able to fix everything. Right. So listen, um, uh, offer assistance, volunteer, uh, for, for folks like the Alzheimer's association, advocate for funding and policy. Those are all things, but number one, and the easiest one to do is just to check in with these folks frequently and listen, yeah. it's not always fun news, um, you know, the, the updates of what's happening in their daily lives, but having um, an ear for them um, and just to be there for them, let them know you care, how was your day, and not always make it about um, the person they're caring for either. Right. Okay. Susan, what about you? I mean, what, what do you think we can do to support caregivers and other folks and their loved ones? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me personally, when, when we started going through this with my dad, I was lost. I had no idea anything about the disease. I didn't know that there were stages. I didn't know what, you know, we didn't know what to look for. And right. I didn't even know where to go to find that information. And I, I really wasn't familiar with the Alzheimer's Association at that time. Um, I wish I was because there's such a wealth of knowledge at the ALZ.org site. Mm-hmm. Uh, for caregivers and mm-hmm. there's there's support groups and um, resources to to just read on on how to handle a conversation with your loved one um, which was you know difficult at, at times and and things like that so for me is mm-hmm. is just trying to get the word out that there's resources available there's obviously a lot of emotion involved because you're dealing with someone that you love very much and then you have to watch this person, um, well, I don't say fall apart is the right word, but they're, they're changing. There's a transformation that takes place in front of you. And I know I've heard other people describe Alzheimer's and dementias as like watching a car accident where you, you just have, it, you have to watch it and there's nothing, it's like slow motion. You're watching it happen in front of you and there's nothing you can do to stop it. But the only thing you can do is just to support after the fact, right? What kind of, what kind of resources other than ALZ.org, what other resources, uh, and, and Deb, I'll come back to you. What other resources do you think uh, would be easily available to someone who doesn't know where to start? I mean, ALZ.org is a great place to start. I've plugged that several times. What are the resources does someone have who doesn't know where to go? Yeah, um, but I can't say that enough. ALZ.org, there's also an 800 number sure. um, where you can call and right. talk to someone one-on-one for um, consultation and they will guide you on um, local support groups. Um, as Susan described, how to talk to someone um, that's having challenges. Um, they cover um, the whole gamut. Um, I think the other places, a lot of um, a lot a lot of churches have support groups. I know that's where my mom found her sure. own support group for herself as a caregiver was through her church. Um, so you know, again, local community centers, churches, the Alzheimer's Association, those would be the big three for support. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I want to throw you a curveball. And this is the curveball, Susan. Oh. It is. Uh, well, yeah, I, I didn't put this on the questions. <laughs> I'm coming at you with something brand new. How did it affect you? If I can ask, if you're comfortable answering, great. If not, it's okay. No problem. Um, in your journey with the now people in your life that you've lost, how did it affect you from beginning to end? And do you feel like it's made you stronger to help other people? I guess, tell me about your journey through that in, in being affected by losing, by seeing people you love go through it, by losing them. And now how has that affected you to help other people? I mean, what's that journey oh, like? Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely feel stronger for going through that, that journey with my dad um, mm. from beginning to end and understanding the stages of dementia that he went through and, and figuring out how to, to communicate with him how to get him to eat, how to get him to dress, um, you know, hygiene habits, you know, things like that. Just sure. learning along, learning along the way of how to do this and how to, to figure it out um, has definitely made me stronger and able and able to talk to people about it. I'm right. I'm willing to talk to anybody about, about the story if it helps at all um, with anybody that's, that might be going through something Was similar. It just to jump in, was it, I, I mean, I imagine it was, was it difficult for you at the beginning to talk about that? It was because I didn't fully understand what was happening. Sure. Um, it, you know, you think, Oh, okay. It's just, you know, a little, little bit of forgetfulness, you know, sure. and you don't realize right. until it starts progressing just right. how this disease is and you know what it does to the person. Yeah. So yeah, in the beginning it was, oh, it's fine, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah. you really kind of have to tackle it head on. Sure. What about you, Deb? Same question to you as far as going through all of this. What, what has your journey been like? Um, I, I can tell you um, my journey has changed because in the beginning, and the reason I look to volunteer is because I couldn't, I couldn't even talk about it without crying. Like I am, I'm the yeah. only girl. I'm daddy's girl. I have two brothers and just watching um, him, the early onset symptoms and then progression. Um, he still knows who I am. I think it's because he gets an introduction when I walk in the room, like, Hey, Debbie's here. Um, but it, it's made me stronger. And that again, finding my voice for him, um, doing this, mm -hmm. not going to get me all choked up um, to make him proud. Um, okay. yeah, it, it's, yeah. um, it's been quite a journey and, uh, met folks like Susan along the way, um, that have, have lost their loved ones. And I, you know, I know that end sure. is coming, hopefully I have several more years with him. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I am a stronger person because of, of what we do here. How do you volunteer during the year before a walk when we're not quarantined? Deb, I'll start with you. So the committee works on several things, um, phone calls, you know, reaching out to former walkers, um, preparing for a walk, signing up sponsors, um, community events. So things like um, the, the art festival in downtown Brighton or the um, jazz sure. barbecue festival, um, the community events, we usually have a booth there where uh, we're handing out literature, um, raising awareness about the walk. If Susan doesn't mind me sharing, one of my favorite memories of meeting Susan 
was we met up at one of the community events and Susan was in the middle of Main Street um, rallying people. I think she had a purple cone on her head, like rallying people to come up to our booth. I'm like, sure, this lady is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like you were new to committee. And I'm like, you made such an impression on me, Susan. I'm like, she's just, that's what we want. We want to engage with the community when we're down there. Uh, but those are the things right. that we do in, right. in preparation for walk. Raising awareness sure. is the biggest thing. Sure. Yeah. What about you, Susan? Yeah. How do you volunteer? Uh, when you're not doing walk, what kind of volunteer events do you um, look forward to and what are you involved with? Uh, involved with rather? Well, as, as Deb mentioned, the festival. So we're, yeah. uh, I'm definitely looking forward to being able to do that this year because last year, of course, yes. we couldn't. Barbecue. Um, you had me at barbecue. Yes. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. Yes. I mean, it's definitely, um, when I volunteered for the, that festival at the table, it was it was great just talking to people that were walking up to us, asking us questions about the Alzheimer's association and the walk and, you know, what are we doing and, and things like that. So that, that part was, was great. Um, the other things are just more behind the scenes type of things, you know, delivering um, packets to different people, you know, that are, have signed up for the walk or um doing the phone calls, you know, yeah. kind of recruiting teams sure. and, and things like that. Um, it's more kind of behind the scenes. Wonderful. Wonderful. It's good to be out in front and it's also good to see how the sausage is made and, and help make the sausage. I think that's, um, <laughs> I think that's very important. Obviously that's why I want to talk w with you two ladies today. Well, technically a month ago, but here we are uh, talking. <laughs> Finally, I wanted to talk to you about that because I'm very, uh, I'm just so thrilled to know you and and all of you volunteers uh, to be able to do these events together and to be able to support one another and to support other people that need it the most. And so I truly appreciate every single one of you in what you're doing for the Alzheimer's Association and for um, really, like I said, just... Um, helping other people that can't help themselves and um as indirect I, w would we call you guys indirect caregivers i mean obviously you've uh, well so susan you had uh, with your dad and your aunt and then deb so with dad so you're were you actual caregivers or just indirectly caregiving i, I guess uh, susan paint that picture for me um well i i wasn't living with if you're talking yeah, about like okay. if i was living with them, sure 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 um, yeah 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 my, okay. my mom was kind of the caregiver i was kind yeah. of a caregiver. And then yeah. it, it got to the point where we had to put my dad into a, right, a facility right. um, that could care yeah. for him. Right. And same with you, Deb, obviously, given that description mm -hmm. of it, you would probably be an indirect caregiver, right? Right. Indirect. Right. He lives at home with my mom right now. Yeah. And I, you know, right. I support her right. and stay with him as needed. But we're at that point too, where um, we think we're going to bring in some outside help for her um, because that's, that's a lot of work every day. So um that's our next step, we believe, is bringing in some sort of a, um, a nurse, nursing care. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Deb, what is your walk team name? Waltz Warriors. So my dad is Walt. Waltz Warriors. Yes. And you're walking for Walt. Yes. Susan, what is your walk team name? My team is Walk to Never Forget. Walk to Never Forget. 
here's what you have to do if you're going to get involved in a walk. You have to be very, very careful and watch out for these amazing warriors and their signs in downtown Brighton because chances are, Motor City, they will probably have outraised you. That's just my feeling because these two ladies right here are amazing and wonderful, and I could not thank them enough for joining me today on the podcast. So, of course, alz.org, many more resources there. Susan, Deb, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.